0: Okay, if you would, if you have a Bible, turn to the gospel according to Luke. I'll be reading Luke chapter 5 verses 12 through 16. Luke 5:12 through 16. While Jesus was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy, and when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, "Lord, But now even more, the report about him went abroad and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. And Lord Jesus, we now in you and because of you of your death and your resurrection pray to your Father who is now our Father as we're clothed in your perfect righteousness if we believe in you. And so I ask Holy Father that this historical encounter become our historical encounter to the glory of God of your son and to the cleansing and the healing and the joy of us people Amen have you ever had the sensation of feeling ostracized a pariah in your culture in your town in your schoolyard in your family or to be more directly to the point, you ever felt the reality of being an outcast in the presence of the one true, holy God? What would it be like to walk around everywhere you go with a scarlet A? Mark you? Don- Or to walk around with such a disgusting, physical, visible disease that signified your sinfulness in the religious community. If you have been born again, through the gospel of Jesus Christ, then you know that experience. Somehow, you know what it is to come into the realization that you have the sentence of death marked on your soul. And you have thus, like this man in our text, found Jesus, and lay down before him and pleaded, if you will, you can make me clean before the one true holy God. So let's just go see it now in the text. But first, I just want to set some biblical and historical backdrop before we actually start reading The text. See, in Israel, the life of a leper for over a thousand years before this was summed up in the books of Moses, particularly in the book of Leviticus chapter 13. And it is the cultural situation in which we find this encounter with the leper in Jesus. In Leviticus chapter 13, verses 45 to 46... Here it is in a nutshell. Quote, The leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose. And he shall cover up his upper lip and cry out, Unclean! Unclean! He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. Can you imagine the humiliation and the isolation of a leper's life at this time? Whenever you would come in range as a leper with a non-leprous person You had to get your hair all messy. You had to have these disgusting clothes, not just your body, and you had to cry out with your upper lip covered. Unclean! I'm unclean! And by Jesus' time, there were rabbinical teachings added to the Scripture that made things even worse. If as a leper, you even stuck your head inside of a house, that house now, was declared before God, temple service, religiously unclean. It was illegal to greet a leper, according to the rabbis. Hey, how you doing? As an unclean person. The first century Jewish historian, Josephus, said that lepers were treated, quote, as if they were, in effect, dead men, dead people. What's that movie? Dead Men Walking. That was their life. Now, there were different kinds of leprosy and skin disease, and when you read Leviticus 13, it gets pretty technical on what priests are supposed to do and how they decipher whether this is an unclean skin disease or some kind of other kind of skin disease that gets well etc but but let me let me just quote for you a summary of this disease happening in the first century quote it might begin with little nodules which go on to ulcerate the ulcers develop a foul discharge the Eyebrows fall out, the vocal cords become ulcerated, and the voice becomes hoarse, and the breath wheezes, the hands and the feet always ulcerate. Slowly, the sufferer becomes a mass of ulcerated growths. The average course of that kind of leprosy is nine years, and it ends in mental decay, coma, and ultimately death. Leprosy might begin with the loss of all sensation in some parts of the body. The nerve trunks are affected. The muscles waste away. The tendons contract until the hands are like claws. There follows ulceration of the hands and feet. Then comes the progressive loss of fingers and toes until in the end a whole hand or a whole foot may drop off. The duration of that kind of leprosy is anything from 20 to 30 years. It is a kind of terrible, progressive death in which a man dies by inches. Okay. Now, you, you, you add to that reality that the very visible effects to everyone of that disease that you have, itself now represents a picture of sin, or of unholiness. This is alluded to in our text, by the fact that when the leper comes up to Jesus, he doesn't just say, Heal me. He says, cleanse me. If you will, you can make me clean. Because in the Bible, not just the rabbinic editions, in the Bible, leprosy made a person ceremonially in the tabernacle, in the temple, unclean. Meaning, you're not allowed to come before the Holy Lord in the temple. You are banished. Not only outside the tabernacle, outside the temple. You can't come offering your sacrifices, but outside of the camp. In the normal public. You are unclean. Defiled. That's why after Leviticus 13, where it describes leprosy and who it is is unclean ceremonially so they can't come into the temple and offer their sacrifices with the priest as their, their mediators, comes after 13, is chapter 14. That when or if a person after being declared unclean is healed, of their leprosy it does get better there is then a process by which they are to come to the priest and go through this elaborate joyful ceremony to be accepted back into the presence of God in the temple as clean and back into the community Of God's people. So here they are. Unclean. And if that's not bad enough. What developed was the idea. In the first century. You're a leper. You must have done some really terrible, grievous sin. And that's the judgment of God. Remember Miriam? This is how it would go. In the Old Testament, it's clear, God did judge her with leprosy. Or Uzziah or Gehazi, He judged them with leprosy. So this kind of idea developed now. It wasn't true. It is not necessarily true that this guy or thousands of other lepers in the first century Israel That it's because they somehow were more sinful. And thus that's the sign of it. But nevertheless, it was the culture. Now, not only that though, biblically, Okay, having said that, that's not true. But, we are all sinful. And this effect of sin, of leprosy, is a sign. Of unholiness. Of being unclean. The leper in our story is a physical picture of every one of us in here. Apart from having been cleansed by Jesus and His death. In his resurrection, leprosy, uncleanness, defilement, it is an outward sign of our innate natural corruption. Sin in every human being born of woman except one. Jesus, has invaded our souls. And the flesh of our souls is in its nature rotting and stinking with pus. And so like Him, we with the leprosy of our soul cry, Unclean. Unclean. Do you remember Isaiah the prophet? In Isaiah 6. The Lord shows him this magnificent vision, not of the the temple in Jerusalem, but the real temple in the heavenlies with the Lord high and lifted up. And here's Isaiah the prophet. And what's his response? Unclean. Quote exactly. Woe is me. For I am a man of unclean. lips. I can't stand. By myself. In who I am. Before the holy God. That would only mean. Horrific results that's what woe is me means if we could see the non-physical immaterial aspect of our being we would see that our inner being is eaten up with the leprosy of sin and we constantly even in religion try to cover it up pretend it's not there and create all kinds of religions that make us feel good. Oh yeah. To err is human. To forgive is divine, what it does. But right after in the Bible, chapter 13 is chapter 14. The laws of ceremonial cleansing. So when that leper, having been banished, somehow the disease subsides and he's healed, he's better. God says, here's the process. I have priests, and this is what the priests are to do with them. First, the family, the friends say, we, His leprosy is gone. He needs now, not healing, but cleansing. Ceremonial cleansing. And so they go to the priest. And then the priest would go outside the camp to meet with the leper and to examine him. And there are particular biblical laws on doing that. And in examining him, I'm going to pick up with chapter 14 of Leviticus. Either listen or read with me. Starting with verse 4. Quote, The priest shall command them, the guy's friend, to take for him who is to be cleansed two live clean birds and cedar wood and scarlet yarn, and hyssop, and the priest shall command them to kill one of the birds in the earthen well vessel over fresh water. He shall take the live bird with the cedar wood, and scarlet yarn, and the hyssop, and dip them, and the live bird, in the blood of the bird that was killed over the fresh water. And he shall sprinkle it seven times on him who is to be cleansed Of the leprous disease. Then he shall pronounce him clean and shall let the living bird go into the open field. This foreshadows, it's a picture of Jesus coming. It's a picture of Jesus' blood poured out as a substitute for our sin which would make us clean. Let me just continue on. Verse 8, Leviticus 14. After the bird's release, we read, And then he who is to be cleansed shall wash his clothes and shave off all his hair and bathe himself in water, and he shall be clean. And after that, he may come into the camp, but still live outside His tent for seven days. And on the seventh day, He shall shave off all His hair from His head, His beard and His eyebrows. He shall shave off all His hair. And then He shall wash His clothes and bathe His body in water. And He shall be clean. And then finally comes the eighth day. And on the eighth day, he shall take two male lambs without blemish and one ewe lamb, a year old, without blemish and a grain offering of three-tenths of an ephah, of fine flour mixed with oil and one log of oil. And the priest who cleanses him shall set the man who is to be cleansed and these things before the Lord at the entrance of the tent Of meeting. And the priest. Shall take one of the male lambs. And offer it. For a guilt offering. Along with the log of oil. And the wave offering. For a wave offering. Before the Lord. And he shall. Kill. The lamb. In the place where they kill the sin offering and the burnt offering in the place of the sanctuary. The priest then shall take some of the blood of the guilt offering and the priest shall put it on the lobe of the right ear of him who is to be cleansed and on the thumb of his right hand and on the big toe of his right foot. And the rest of the oil that is in the priest's hand shall be put on the head of him who is to be cleansed. Then the priest shall make atonement for him before the Lord. Thus the priest shall make atonement for him. And he shall be clean. Now I read all of that because I want us to take what God says in His Word and picture the joy that if this leprous person who somehow now was healed and he has been banished outside the camp of Israel, not allowed in the temple and then for eight Days He goes through this ritual of cleansing. And the eighth day comes. Now, blood of animals doesn't take away anyone's sin. It's clear in Scripture. And so what we have here in the fulfillment of Christ is that all of this was pointing to Jesus The Christ whose blood is as of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world to wash the leprosy not only from the skin of this guy but of the heart and the soul of his sin before God. Jesus' blood is the power His death is the only way any of us for eternity can stand before God and receive nothing but His good pleasure instead of what we justly deserve. That's introduction. Let's go to the text. We pick up in verse 12. While Jesus was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and he begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Remember, Luke is a doctor. He's a medical physician. He, he tends to give more details than the other guys over this kind of stuff. And he says, he was full of leprosy. This is advanced stages of this disease. And this guy, he's been hearing news about this Jesus character in Galilee town after Galilee town. Jesus is probably more and more outside the towns now because what's going on is crowds are getting bigger. And and this guy's he, he's cast out demons and people who were just mentally whacked out, became sane, and bodies are healed and and he's got wind of this. And he is so desperate. Are we? He is so desperate that he's willing to break all social protocol, so I don't know what Jesus was or how many people around him, but at least numbers of his disciples are there, and they start to hear off in the distance, unclean, unclean, and it grows louder and it grows clearer, unclean. Unclean until he's right up to Jesus. Unclean. Unclean. And he falls before him and begs him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. The group of disciples, You've got to feel it. They must have been stunned. I mean, it is amazing that these disciples, as Jesus' secret service, have not already pounced on this guy. You do not do what he did. Let's push the pause button for a minute on this DVD of this text. In order to make sure we don't miss it, That we see ourselves in this man. We have all sinned. And thus we all justly stand before our creator condemned. Apart from having been cleansed by him in his mercy. So the leper asked Jesus, along with us, not, heal me, make my life better, down here. But he asked, cleanse me in my defilement before you. There is a qualification in order to be cleansed and made pure before the the one true holy God. And that qualification is not having been raised up as a child in this church. It's not as an adult because you have merely been water baptized. It is not because you have cleaned up your life It is to have personally come to this Jesus and begged, based upon what you heard about him in the scripture, cleanse me. But there's something that's underneath that qualification. In order to do that, and that is having an awareness of the true state of your own spiritual leprosy. That you personally, morally, before God, are eaten up with this disease. This guy did not merely say, I'm unclean. The point is, he knew he was leprous and thus unclean. And there is a difference. He knew that he was hopeless and there was nothing he could do. To help himself. See, his whole life, I don't know, a decade, two decades, three decades, he's got advanced stages. He, he, his identity is fixed. Here it is. Anywhere around non-leprous people, this is who he knows he is. Unclean! Unclean! And that, was the perfect position to receive mercy. And it's still true today. The undeserved grace of soul healing, soul cleansing, eternal salvation does not come to those who imagine that they can make it on their own. Or that they have something of their own to to, to offer to God. And He comes with the other half. It comes to those who have awakened to the mirror. Not of the flesh. But to the mirror of their soul. Condition. And thus they cry, Unclean! Woe is me! And they do that when they hear the good news of who Jesus is and what He did for them. This is why in this very comfortable age of the religious person, the unfiltered gospel of Jesus Christ becomes very offensive to many. When this leper saw Jesus, he came right up to him, and he went down with his face to the ground, and his voice, because his vocal cords are affected, and it's very hoarse. Says, "Lord, if you, if you choose to, if you're willing." You can make me clean. Let the reality of your sin bring you there. Sin itself, in religion or outside of it, has two extreme deceptions. One is, I know I'm not, Perfect. But okay, but sinner like Ephesians chapter two says a child of wrath, God's holy, just perfect, pure anger and wrath against me, Joe No. I have faults, yes. That's sin itself. Deceiving. Or the other way sin deceives is this. I know I'm a sinner. And and okay, I hear what you say about God, the Eternal One, without beginning, without end, Himself became a genuine human being in the womb of Mary. And He came to live in perfect human righteousness and to die as a substitute where... The punishment against my sin we poured out on him. I know that's what it says. And then God, three days later, raised him, this dead, hard, cold body from the dead. Okay. And I, I, I kind of believe that, except you don't know how deep my sin is. I think he can save people. But I have a depth of ugliness sin, against other people, in the depths of the the disgusting nature of my own heart, I'm beyond hell. It's a deception. There is no leprous soul person too low. For Jesus to save if He wills. If you will. You can make me clean. There is no place for this to be true. Except for me. Because you don't know the depths. Of my sin. And when he saw Jesus. He fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said, I will. got to think that it's been many, many years, if ever this leprous man saw any other human being look at him the way Jesus did right there. And then comes the pinnacle of this encounter. Jesus Could have just said, I will be clean. And he would have been instantly healed of that disease. But that's not what he did. The text says, got to picture it, he's a leper. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. It does not mean he took his little finger and kind of went, ooh, and touched him. He stretched out his hand and he touched him on the face, on the head, and said, I will be clean. I don't know I'm. We're, I'm just left to as a, as a person looking at the text to say, okay, why? Why did he do that? Didn't have to do it to kill him. Well, that's just clear through the scripture. I think he did it so that this man would not only hear that he's willing, he would know Jesus is joyfully, tenderly, compassionately willing. He wants this man. Let's stop. Let's go back. We're in Luke. Luke is the one recording this for us. So just take that whole picture. That he's the angel has come. In your womb, Mary, is one. Luke's got all this in his head. This is what's going on. The eternal God has become a human being the womb of Mary and he's grown and he was 12 in the temple and he's 33 34 years old and he's baptized by John and finally after a humble life of decades the father says time for ministry who is this man he's none less than the Holy One of Israel that Isaiah saw in chapter 6. And He has come to take to His very person genuine humanity. It is this person that is this man, the Holy One, who reaches out and touches the defilement and uncleanness of this Leper and says, "I am willing. I have to think. This is not an accident of what happened that day, and it it's not an accident that the synoptic writers record it for us. But there's a parable here that is screaming: the incarnate, in flesh, God is coming." Take your defilement. He's coming to get dirty with you. It's a picture of where He's going a couple years later when He will be brutally tortured on a cross and the wrath of God against sinners will be put on Him in His humanity. He knows where he's going. And thus he has the power to lay down his life and to take it up again. And before that, he has the power to say to this man, I'm willing. Be cleansed. And he has the power to do that today as people hear the words of this Gospel here stood before this man, the only sinless human being to ever live. And he didn't run from the leper. He reached out and touched him. Biblically, made himself ceremonially unclean. If it's possible for the only sinless human being to be ceremonially Unclean. He rests his hand on the foul stench of this guy's flesh. Quote, And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left. The healing was instantaneous, and it was complete. I-, I showed Lindsay, my daughter, this week a picture of lepers today, and here was her response: "Eh," ah! because when you're this far gone with leprosy, it gives you that response. He probably doesn't have fingers left or toes or half a foot. And the text says he's suddenly healed. This is mind-blowing. This is miraculous. His skin is soft. Fingers grow back. And then Jesus goes on and orders him in verse 14. And Jesus charged him to tell no one but go and show yourself to the priest. And make an offering for your cleansing as Moses commanded for a proof to them. So here he is. He's telling him to go obey Moses in Leviticus chapter 14 that we read earlier. Now think about what happened here then. So he's going to go up to Jerusalem. Think about the eight days of meticulous. Ceremony and joy going on outside Jerusalem and then inside Jerusalem and then in the temple. And then after the blood and the hyssop and the yarn and the bird covered with the blood of the other bird. And then set free. And then the sacrifices by the priest on his behalf and then the blood on his earlobe and on his toe and on his hand what a witness that was to that priest and the other priest and the other worshipers and to this leper around him what a glorious days jesus came to mend He came to heal. He came to save. And as our text says, to not stand back and say, ooh, but to do it with deep compassion for sinners and reach out and touch them where they are at. This story applies to three kinds of people. To the person who has not yet personally come to saving faith in Jesus and to be washed clean of all their sin. In other words, to become a Christian. To have that miracle of meeting Him though you don't see Him, but in the Gospel. Oh, it applies to them. Okay if you have come to Christ it applies to us in our evangelism because this Jesus from this text is the one that we proclaim he is this compassionate savior and it applies to all who have come to Christ in our daily walk of coming and coming and coming to this compassionate savior this is what i mean this is so got all got all three of those put those there this leper did not oh no Jesus is around. i got to go back and somehow get some brand new clothes and clean my life up and myself up and cover up all my defilement of uncleanness before I go to Jesus. He didn't do that. And that's not how you come to Jesus with your soul leprosy. You come candid. Open. It doesn't help you to stay away from Jesus and say, I've got to clean up my sin and my act in order that I be acceptable. Because you can't be acceptable. That way, you can only go as a sinner. That's not just true for me. When? by His reaching out and touching me when I wasn't even looking at Him back in 1981, and I come to Him. And wasn't it wasn't just true back then. This is true this week in my sin, in my desperateness for communion with Him by the Spirit in the Word. This guy came to Jesus in all His defilement and uncleanness and his ugliness. And Jesus responded instantly by healing him. And say, now finish this ceremonial cleaning and obey Leviticus 14. You see, sometimes people think that they just can't come to Jesus until they clean their life up. And that's a deception. The key to coming to Jesus the first time or the 14th millionth time is an awareness of your sin. Don't minimize your sin if you haven't come to Christ. Come, come with all your sin. Believer, if you've come to Christ, we're, we're desperate for this. Don't cover your sin. Constantly confess it to Him. Bring it. He knows it all. Anyway, He likes to be glorified in the gospel. He likes the extension and the fame of His holy name and forgiving. come raising your hands even though they're nubs daily not hiding when a lost person when a person who has not come personally to Jesus does this their heart says I hear that good news That sounds true. God made a way for me, a sinner, who who, who death is rushing at me and I don't know what's going to happen. And If there's a God, I'm in trouble. But the message of the Gospel of Jesus is that God Himself became man in order not to bypass justice against me, but to take it upon Himself And then everything rests on this. That he was bodily, physically raised from the dead. This is the greatest news possible. When a human being, the very moment they come to Jesus with nothing but this. I believe. Cleanse me. Jesus. Instant. He justifies them. His perfect humanity, lived, becomes theirs before God. And His sacrificial death for all their sin has already been paid for. There is no more. He says to them, I'm willing, be cleansed, be saved. And when we who are in Christ come daily in our walk with Him, Jesus says every day, I'm willing, let's walk together today. Come. Lord, I... beg for I too am a baker for you to be willing to save this morning for you to be willing to mold and sanctify your people for we come to you in the great joy of sinners saved or being saved by your grace by your glorious reaching out and touching us and so in that holy precious name father Jesus, the Savior. I just ask that now, that by the gift of the Holy Spirit in these next number of minutes, continue to work in this place mightily to do your will.